Welcome to episode number 136, Life, Theory, and Reality. I'm just going to apologize up front. This week hasn't been a good one, and for lack of a better answer, I just didn't have the capacity for a discussion on helping youth with trauma and relationships. I've struggled more deeply than normal this week, and the theory of the gospel has collided with the realities of life. So today's message will be much shorter and perhaps more poignant. The truth of the matter is that sometimes the reality of life is not going to match up with the expectations in the gospel of a loving God and a caring Savior. Life will be brutal at times, and the pain and suffering immense. We are not likely to fully understand the why, and we might not be able to accept the answer even if we could understand the why. It is easy to say, I love the Lord and his gospel, when life gives us beautiful summer days with friends, family, and happiness, metaphorically. It is easy to see the truth of the gospel when we have those moments of deep revelation, clarity, mercy, or relief of suffering. But when the suffering does not relent, when the darkness remains for days, even when we are doing everything we can, when the pain is so intense that we can't focus on anything but the pain, and prayers feel sometimes as though they are falling on deaf ears, that gospel theory that was so true and so plain and so easy to accept can feel murky, muddled, and for some even non-existent. This last few weeks I have been listening to the story of Job. How easy it was to see the reality of the gospel living when his friends loved him, his children were living and loving life, and his wealth was within his control. While I am not entirely sure that the Lord and Lucifer have such conversations as they did about Job, I have thought much about his story this last few weeks. The Lord allowed Lucifer to try Job's reality of the gospel. It seems Lucifer's contention with the Lord about Job was that if you remove the blessings of living the gospel, at least the mortal ones, that Job would turn away from the realities of eternity. He would deny the existence of God and no longer concern himself with living correct principles. Seems Lucifer's contention was that if you remove the incentives, Job would find no real reason to live gospel principles. So Job's life was turned upside down in almost every way possible. Not only did he lose his wealth, status, children, and health, his wife and friends turned against him, his continued observance and testimony of God. They accused him of sin, lying, deceiving, and over the course of far too many chapters, talked about the deceptive idea that our lives and the blessings that come with the gospel living are direct, directly related to our obedience and righteousness. If we live the principles of the gospel and observe our covenants, then we will be blessed. If we do not, then we will suffer the justice of an offended God. The deceptive idea that we all tend to believe is that you can measure your obedience and your righteousness by the outcomes in your life. Job's friends were convinced that the Lord does not punish individuals who are righteous or allow them to suffer significant distress. It is the idea that bad things shouldn't happen 
to good people, only bad ones. And the Lord would not allow serious problems in the lives of those who are righteous. We like this idea, and we hold on to it because it's pleasing to the mind, and even the heart. If we are obedient, we will avoid punishments or trials of the world. The Lord will protect us from all those evils if we but serve him. But the whole purpose of the story and the trial of Job tells us that while pleasing to the mind, it is simply not true. In fact, what we find in reality often opposes this gospel feel-good theory. Good people struggle all the time, and great people have crises of faith. The Lord does protect his people from those experiences, troubles, and trials that would not provide value in their lives. But he allows difficulties to flow into their lives that will provide for necessary growth. Even if that event might take us away from the gospel and question every gospel truth we know, if the Lord can see value, increase in testimony, and eventual growth and development that leads to celestial life, he will allow it. It is easy to say we all need to be tested and tried, but to live it is a whole separate experience. It is easy to say what we would do when the trials of Job enter our life, but when the moment comes and revelation is far more difficult to come by, and our path is clouded by suffering, pain, hurt, and darkness, the depth of our commitment to gospel principles can come into question. We can even believe that we never had a testimony. We can feel as though God does not exist, and that if he does, he certainly does not care for us. The idea that the shepherd allows the sheep to suffer in the cold and darkness, and so that it might provide value, does not sit well in our minds. Even when we are told and can somewhat see the benefit and the value of the cold and the darkness. All we can see and feel is the pain and the suffering, and that leads us to question the love of the shepherd. Now, Job was admirable in his defense of his testimony and his outward knowledge that the Lord, that the Savior's love had not diminished in his life, even though everything else had. But for the rest of us, beyond those few admirable sufferers, what we feel is our reality, and when it is cold and dark, that is our reality. And it is difficult to see beyond those feelings that overwhelm the soul. I know the theory, but I struggle with the reality. And that is true for almost every person who walks this mortal life. My simple message today is that it is okay to struggle with the reality of mortality. And it is good when we struggle to fit the theory of the gospel into the confines of mortal realities. Even the Savior struggled with mortal realities and gospel theory. The atonement tested his gospel theories to levels where we personally would have been unlikely to succeed. So if you struggle with the square reality that is life and fitting it into the round hole of the gospel, you are actually in good company. I wish I could tell you that I found all the keys to success when these troubling trials invade our lives. But if these last few weeks have proven anything to me, it is that I don't always have the answers to the suffering we experience. Now I hope that I will eventually understand, but I have no misunderstandings that it may not come in this life. 
I don't know why certain events are allowed to occur, and others the Lord removes. Perhaps when it is all over, and we can look back with the Lord's perspective and understanding, we will be grateful. But in the moment of our extremities, that gratitude will always be far more difficult to find. What I am saying is that sometimes we simply need to accept that we will not understand. And that is going to be very difficult for our hearts and minds. We want to see. We have great desires to understand. We want the answers to our questions. We want to know what God knows, feels, and see what he sees. Our minds don't like unanswered questions, especially to troubling questions of eternity. Sometimes, all the Lord can do is help us feel a little peace and know that even without full understanding, we can trust him and know that in the end, all our losses will be made up even if making up losses seems impossible. The truth of the matter is that if, in the moment of our distress, the Lord continually rescued us, we would never be able to become as He is. We would never be able to see as He does, because we would never seek it out. We would never be able to find true peace, true knowledge, and true spiritual maturity, because we wouldn't need it. We would be nothing more than a spiritual toddler throwing tantrums every time we didn't get our way and learning only how to complain and whine sufficiently to remove our learning experiences. Now, that doesn't mean that we should somehow seek out our trials and suffering. Those will come as the Lord sees fit. And the reality of life and of the gospel is that the Lord is exactly who we, who we want to be making those decisions as only he can provide the necessary mix of trial and relief to our greatest benefit. May the Lord bless you to have a little peace and to feel his love. Until next week, do your part, even if you don't much feel like doing it, and I promise that the Lord will do his. Until next week.